Psalm 100 is a, a song of thanksgiving. And I'd like for you to turn there with me. We've been going through this, uh, a psalm for every season, talking about how in our spiritual journeys, we experience different seasons of our soul. We experience winter of the soul, that, that season of the soul where, where it seems like it's dead. Where we ask the question, God, where are you? And we don't feel him. We know he's there, but, but we don't feel him. And sometimes that season can be long. We have springtime seasons. And do you hear the spring rain? I guess those are fall rains that we're experiencing. A couple extra days off for you, Dan. Springtime, that time of the, of the year, that time in our soul where we experience growth. We see God moving us. We, we, we read the scriptures and they come alive. This is that season of growth. So we have winter, we have spring, and then we had summer. Summer is the season where we persevere, where when the hot weather comes and the bugs come, we have to persevere. And in our souls at times, there are those seasons of perseverance where we have to push through. We know God is there. We know he's walking beside us, but we're going through a hard season. And today we come to fall, the season of the harvest, the season where we see fruit, that season of the year when the colors of the leaves become incredibly beautiful, when we can go to the out to the orchards and we can pick trees and we can see what winter, spring, and summer have produced. And in our soul, it's the same way. We have those seasons of fruitfulness where we see the results of, of what God has been doing. And we're going to talk about thankfulness this morning in this Psalm 100, in this season of, of thankfulness. Psalm 100, and, and we sing this psalm often, and it's sort of hard for me to, to just read it. But I promise I will not sing it. I will just read it because it's much better that way. Psalm 100 says, Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with a joy, with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Father, I pray that you would show us how to be thankful, how to express that thankfulness. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Psalm 100 is the only psalm of all 150 psalms that has the title, A Psalm for Giving Thanks. Now, does that mean it's the only psalm that, that is used to give thanks? No, there are many other psalms that, that are expressions of thanks. 
that, that, that exhort us to give thanks, but, but Psalm 100 is the only one that has the title, A Psalm for Giving Thanks. It is the very essence of thanksgiving. You know, Charles Spurgeon said, nothing can be more inspiring this side of heaven than the singing of this noble song, psalm by the vast congregation. It is a beloved psalm. And in this psalm, it gives us three ways that we can give thanks. Psalm 1 and 2 says, shout to the Lord all the earth. Worship, or your translation might say, serve the Lord with gladness and come to before him with joyful songs. So he begins by saying, shout for joy. So the psalm is saying, look, we need to shout with thanksgiving to the Lord. But, but is that really what we're supposed to do? Are we supposed to shout praises before God? Is, is that appropriate? Well, the psalmist says we are to shout. Psalm 98 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. So yes, we are to shout. We're to shout thanksgiving to the Lord. Now, the Hebrew word originally meant a glad shout, or it was like a shout given when a king appeared among his subjects. They were to shout out praises to the king. And I love that the emphasis here is on gladness. The idea of joy appears three times here in the first two verses. We're to shout with joy, joyfulness, gladness. And we're to shout them. The people of God are to praise God loudly and joyfully, is what the psalm is telling us. Another quote by Spurgeon. He says, our happy God should be worshipped by happy people. A cheerful spirit is in keeping with his nature. He acts his acts and the gratitudes which we should cherish for his mercies. Do you worship with happiness? With gladness? Because it says we're to shout joyfully. When was the last time you shouted joyfully? Before the Lord. And then not only are we to shout joyfully, it says we're to, to worship or to serve with gladness. So the psalm suggests that, that we serve God by our worship and we worship God by our service. You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, because of what Christ has done, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to him. Do I offer my body as a living sacrifice? Do I serve him gladly? 
do I serve the Lord with gladness? Because you see, that is an everyday commitment that each one of us should make, that we should commit, that we should desire to serve with gladness. That serving the Lord, our attitude should be that of, that our serving the Lord isn't something that we do begrudgingly. That, that is something that, that, that serving the Lord is a chore. And oftentimes I, I sense that, that, that our serving is more of a chore than it is this gladness that, that we open our arms, we open our lives and say, Lord, how can I serve you? We say, well, I guess if they need somebody in children's ministry, I guess we'll go. I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll come help clean up. I guess I will do this. When what he desires from us is that we serve with gladness. Our thanksgiving to the Lord is serving him. Remember when Jesus, his words, when, when, when the righteous are, are to be praised in the day of judgment in, in Matthew chapter 25, it says that because he said, when, when the Lord, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When, when I was thirsty, you, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I needed clothes, you clothed me. And it says the righteous ask, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And the Lord said, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So how do we give thanks? Jesus said we give thanks when we meet the needs of others. We give thanks by the way we serve each other. We give thanks by feeding the hungry, by welcoming the strangers, by clothing the naked, by caring for the sick, by offering our bodies as living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to God. That is our spiritual act of worship. So we shout with joy, he says in the verse two, verse, first two verses. We, we serve with gladness. And then he says, we come before him with joyful songs. So, so the third expectation here in Psalm 100 is that we come. And this refers to formal worship. This refers to what we're doing this morning, a coming together to thank God for what he's done by coming together to serve one another, to worship together. Yes, we're called to serve, but we're also called to come together to sing before him in the assembly of other believers. 
Psalm, uh, Ephesians 5.19 says, Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. You see, there is something powerful that happens when we gather together. And he says, come together to worship. So we're to shout to the Lord. All the earth. We're to serve with gladness. And then we're to come together. Then in verse 3, he says, Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people. The sheep of His pastor. And so, so we are to know who we worship. We must know who we are giving thanks to. So what is it about God that I need to know? And the psalmist shows us here. He says, He is our creator and our redeemer. It is He who made us. And we are His. And notice the connection here between knowing God as creator and knowing ourselves as his creatures. We must know him as our creator. It is he who made us, the psalmist says. So what happens when we don't know him as creator? Well, then we become the creators of ourselves. We become self-sufficient. This is the appeal of evolution. Is that when you do away with God as creator, then there is no need for a God. There is no God to be accountable to. I am me, I am myself, everything that I am and everything that I have is because of me. It is self-centered, it is self-focused. And if I don't have a creator, then I have nobody that I need to be accountable to. And I am thankful only to myself. But when we know him as creator, then we know that he is the one that created us. And then we must be accountable to and thankful to our creator. Know God. Know that the Lord is God. And not only is he our creator, but he is our redeemer. It says that, 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 he is, that, that we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. A redeemer is one who pays the price to release a prisoner. We have been released from the prison of sin. He paid the price for us so that we could be freed. He is our redeemer. And that's what the word his people and the sheep of his pastor ultimately refers to that, that he is our redeemer. 
You know, um, David in Psalm 23 gives this beautiful picture. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. David knows that, that God is his redeemer, that he is his shepherd. He, he is the one that, that looks after him. Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Then in verse 14 again, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for my sheep. He is our Redeemer. He is the one who paid the price for us. So He is our Creator and He is our Redeemer. And we must be thankful to God because He has both made us and redeemed us. And if He is the one who made us and not ourselves, and if he is the one who redeemed us, then we must worship him. He is the one that has given us everything that we have. When he is our creator and our redeemer, then we ultimately know that, that he does what he knows is best in our lives. And if he gives us good things and he gives us prosperity, then it is because he was pleased to do that. And we must be thankful to him for being good and generous. But he's given us days where there are troubles and sorrows. And if he is our creator and our redeemer, then he still knows what is best. He still knows and cares about our every need and concern. And knowing that he is wise and gracious, even in our times of greatest need, is critically important for us as his created beings. You know, Paul in Philippians 4.13, and, and Paul writes the letter of, of Philippians from, from, from a prison. He's going through really hard times. He's being persecuted and says, I have learned, in verse 11, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. In other words, look, if I am in a tough situation, if things are hard and things seem dark and dreary, I'm okay because I know that my creator, my redeemer will give me strength 
to walk through this hard situation. In the midst of hard times, Paul was overflowing with thanksgiving because Paul knew his creator. Paul knew and had relationship with his redeemer. You see, regardless of what happens to us, we are still his. You know, when, when troubles come our way and hard times come our way, we are his. When sickness comes our way, cancer inflicts us, we are still his. When we lose our job, we're still his. If we experience the loss of a loved one, we are still his. He says in Hebrews 13, 5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And when we know him as creator, and know him as redeemer, the ability to grasp the fact that we are his gives us strength. The psalmist goes on. And the third part of this psalm is an invitation to thank God. Verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. And the emphasis here in, in, in verse 4 clearly is upon the gathering of God's people together in the temple to, for the purpose of thanksgiving and praising God together. And he's teaching us that, that there's a special aspect of thanksgiving that involves the whole of God's people together. You know, not just in private prayers of the individual, although, although your everyday time with God, your quiet time with God, your prayer and reading of his word is vitally important, but it is also vitally important that we gather together. You see, when we are called by Christ, then we are called to a body. We're not called to live in isolation. One of Satan's greatest tactics is to isolate us. And here the psalmist says, come together and give shouts of joy and praise. We are his people. We need to regularly give thanks with other believers. And it is encouraging when we give thanks to our God with other believers, with all of us together. There's something powerful and special that happens every time we gather together as the body in thanksgiving to our
So what happens here on Sunday morning is important to our faith. And whether it's bluegrass or hymns or contemporary, isn't that important? It's that we are gathering to worship. Shout to the Lord all the earth. And one of the things that, 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 that I think is interesting is I think this psalm is, 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 is inviting us or asking us to invite others to join us in worship. Come together. Let's, let's join together and let's worship. Let's invite others to come and worship our God. It is an invitation for all people of all of the world to praise. In the final verse of, verses of, of, of this psalm, like in verse 3, it explains why we should thank God. But it's not a repetition of the first explanation in verse 3. Because you see, verse 3 is, is a praising and thanking God for what He has done. He has made us and He's redeemed us. But here in verse 4, here it's, it's a praising God for who He is. For He is the Lord. Or for the Lord is what? Is good. So we praise God because He is good. Psalm 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So, so we praise him. We shout with gladness and joy because he is good. We shout with gladness and joy because he is love. And his love endures forever. God is love. Psalm 103 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He is good. He's a good God. He's a God of love. And it says he is a faithful God. His faithfulness, it says, continues through all generations. Spurgeon said, as, a father, as, a, as our fathers found him faithful, so will our sons and their seed forever. In other words, the God that David was writing to, the faithful God that David was writing to in this psalm is the same God that we serve today. He is unchanging. Has God been good in the past? Absolutely. Then he will always be good. Has God been loving in the past? Yes. So he will always be loving in the future. Love is his nature. And we, you never need to worry that God will cease loving you 
Has he seen you through hard times? Yeah. Very few, no Christian has ever avoided a hard time in their life. Yet, those of us who have gone through testing times, God has been our security. Because we know what David knows, that he is good, that he is love, that he is faithful. And so for those reasons, the psalmist says, I will shout to the Lord. My question to us this morning is do you, when you look at these verses, do these verses reflect your attitude of thanksgiving? When you think about shouting for joy to the Lord, what do you think? When you think about worshiping him with gladness, what do you think? When you think about making joyful song, what do you think? What is your attitude towards personal worship? Do you have times of personal worship? Or do other things take up our time? What is your attitude towards serving the Lord with gladness? Do you serve the Lord with gladness? Or do you serve Him begrudgingly? Or serve Him with the attitude that it's a chore to serve? And what is your attitude towards corporate worship with the body? Is it just a check off on your list of spiritual things to do? Is it something you just endure for an hour and 15 minutes? Or you, do you do it with joy? and gladness and rejoicing. What is your response to your creator and your redeemer? I hope it is shouts of joy, serving with gladness because of who he is. Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we reflect on this psalm, first of all, Lord, that, that, that we would recognize and understand and appreciate that you are our creator that you knit us together in our mother's wombs, 
that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that you have a plan for us. May that cause us to worship you, to serve you with gladness. Um, Father, I pray that you would help us to see the things that keep us from being thankful. Lord, this week I pray that, that, that you would just open our eyes to the things that should make us thankful and we would respond to you in worship and in serving. And through that, Lord, you would be honored and glorified, that we would shout your name to all the earth, all the earth, would know your name as we shout it out. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen.